0: Hey everyone, welcome to Dare We Say, I'm Ellie
1: and I'm Louie, and we are siblings. Dare We Say is a podcast dedicated to the interesting, funny and deeper topics that we all think about, but don't always get the chance to talk about.
0: Join us every Friday as we delve deeper into the important questions.
1: Today's podcast question is, what is the most important attribute of a person? This question comes from the more extended question of, if you could see a measuring scale above people's heads, what would you want the scale to measure? Their status in society, their level of happiness, their wealth, etc.
0: Which is like pretty much that black episode, Black Mirror episode, right?
1: Yeah, it's exactly that. Like people, people's what they can do with society is all measured by how other people rate them. Yeah, which is you're raging. Crazy. Yeah, but I do just, think they have something. I know. I know. I told you this before about like in China, they have something. Like, like that? I don't know how true it is, but I heard of people, like, not being able to buy plane tickets and train tickets cross-country because <laughs> they're like, status in society, like, they have a criminal record or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of worldwide like that. Sometimes less obvious than others, but like, if you don't have a certain amount of money, you're not going to fly to another country, for example. Or, yeah. if you don't have a certain amount of money, you're not going to be in certain social circles and so it's kind of like... yeah
1: but th- this was literally like you're just straight up not allowed even if you have the money
0: well okay yeah yeah well we recorded this one before which my internet completely died but i feel like we have kind of had our thoughts of thoughts from each other about what we would choose but also we did record this a little bit ago so I'm wondering maybe if things have changed but what would you say is your most important attribute in a person
1: well I think I'm gonna stay with what my original thought was and that is trust because I think almost anything else is quite uh I don't know quite easy to to come across or something, or just trust is like the one where if you break it, it's so hard to get it back. Like it's, I think it's one of the hardest things to get back from someone. because And it's so easily broken, which is why it's so frustrating and so important.
0: Yeah. What would you constitute as like something that would break your trust?
1: Um, I think it for different people, it, it's completely different. So it's hard to say just straight up, hey, this is this this is the most and uh the, uh the this is the thing which is gonna break my trust the most, but for people who I don't know that much, I' probably have no expect expectations for them, but with people that I've gone through loads of things with them, I have much higher expectations uh for them so I expect like for example let's say i don't know say say you're in a situation where you're you're scared or something like that and the person who you're relying on to like help you out because it's just expected even though you haven't spoken about it they don't then yeah that's like a big break of trust for me I guess but then I wouldn't expect someone I wouldn't I don't know that well to do that for me so it's it's like double standards but I think it's or I think everyone has that they don't care if they don't know the person.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's also because you wouldn't do anything for that person that you've only met once or twice either, right? So it's like an expectation thing versus a double standard, kind of.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. What is yours?
0: Well, I think I'll stick to the, the one I said last time too, which is respect. And, like, I didn't really know that this was the underlying thing for me until I did this session with my therapist where he basically asked me to write down your top 10 values that not not necessarily who you are as a person, but who you want to be as a person and things you find important in other people. And every single one of those 10 led back to the same thing, which was respect. Because and which for me, respect is not necessarily like I don't know, when you put someone on a pedestal and do everything for them because you think they're like almighty but more that you respect that the other person has their own opinions, their own time, their own wants and needs and you acknowledge that in your day-to-day like a bit selflessly and giving someone... Someone who gives other people respect like I'm gonna... I'm not going to inconvenience you because that's a disrespect for your time, or I'm going to listen to your opinion because that's a a respect that I think you are, like, intelligent or intelligent enough that you have different opinions from me. Um, That's the biggest thing, I think. And I think it all leads down to it. I'm like, oh, I want to be more knowledgeable so that I can gain respect. I want to like, have more friends so that I can respect more people and see more different points of view. And, like, you know, like, everything everything leads back to it, I think, for me.
1: So because you think respect is so important, do you you hold by normal traditions that you should respect your elders and all elders should be respected?
0: Well, I think it's tough because... Like, well, that, that like, elders should be re- respected as quite a cultural thing. So in some cultures, it's more prevalent than others. But for me, like, also, the underlying thing to this is respect isn't respect if you're forced to do it, you know? If I'm respecting my elders because my mum told me to, that's different from actually having respect for the older person in front of me, right?
1: Yeah. And so...
0: Some people might seem like, oh, you have to respect your elders in this way and that way, but they're just being forced into it and if it was left up to them they wouldn't actually. For me that's not that's not respect.
1: Yeah, and, it's not proper respect.
0: It's not proper respect, yeah. If it, it might feel like respect to the elder to the elderly person because that's what they see, but even then I think you can tell that that people are just doing it out of like because they have to. But yeah. do I think that that my respect, my idea of respect is more traditional? No, because I don't think that you should respect one person over another person, even if they're elderly or whatever. Like, Obviously, you're, you're going to respect different people at different levels because some people just know better than others and some people might hold values that you respect more than others, but you can still respect everyone else's time as well. And, you know, like like, an ex- with the elderly example, m- when you get older and older, you'll become less mobile. And so then the group can respect that and not go and go cliff jumping when you guys hang out, you know. But yeah. that doesn't mean that you respect the 25 year old who could go cliff jumping any less. That just means that you're respecting everyone as much as you can, right?
1: Yeah, just some people, the respect, even if you're giving them a little bit, like if that person is in a wheelchair or something, yeah, they're not going to be able to do anything. So it might seem like, oh, you're respecting them more, but if the other person is 25, completely able-bodied, then they can do anything. So what is there to respect in terms of activities unless they have some fear there?
0: Yeah, like you can still respect their time and like when they speak, you can listen. And when they have an opinion, you can try and see their point of view, you know, it doesn't all have to be so visible What how you're respecting them, but I think when it comes to respect your elders, it is so much more visible to the outside because it is so physical related, usually.
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, the main thing about respect was when I was a teenager in high, in high school and stuff, I had a real problem transitioning schools because the new school that I went to was so drilled into you. You must respect your teachers. You refer to them as sir and uh, missus. You know, like you don't don't even think about calling anyone by their first names. And if you do, you're gonna get shot. Basically. you're gonna be taken out to the courtyard and shot. And uh, for the first three months that I was there, I just didn't speak to any teachers unless I just put my hand up and waited because I refused to call them sir, which is so weird to me now. It's not like I call anyone, sir or Mrs. or Madam now, but the old school that I went to was so like you just call teachers by their name, and that's it, and I had a lot more natural respect rather than forced respect then, whereas when I went to the new school i i hate I hated that it was forced respect, even though the teachers didn't show any respect to you, um,
0: yeah, yeah, and then it I understand becomes, that's like how the school system way. is,
1: but it is, yeah. And you're only going to get respect, proper respect, if it's natural.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember we had this teacher. This was, like, middle school now, so we were quite young. We were in the age where you fuck around in class as a general rule, you know, because you're so young, you don't really understand the importance of education and all of that. But she, she gave so much respect for us and our time, and... Tried to, she was a humanities teacher and she tried to show us things that she thought we would actually be interested in. And sometimes she would deviate a bit from like the normal way she was supposed to teach or the normal course. But because she was like, I think this is important for you. And she would give us life lessons and things like that. No one messed around in her class because everyone actually respected her. Whereas uh-huh. the other teacher, maths teacher, who was like, you'll sit down and shut up and listen to me because I'm the teacher. Everyone just fucked around,
1: like, the entire time. <laughs> yeah, they hated that teacher. I do think yeah. it's harder for some teachers than others, especially in middle school or high school, when you're not actively choosing to do that course, because some syllabuses are going to be a lot drier than others. Like, humanities, it's way easier to make that fun, whereas it's way harder as a maths teacher. And the type of people who become math teachers are less likely to think about fun compared to, like, a humanities teacher, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, Like, obviously, well, some people, I'm sure, will find maths more enjoyable than humanities, but they're far and few between. But it's still, like, you can choose how you treat the other people, regardless of what the circumstances are. So you might be the maths teacher, and it's slightly more boring, but that doesn't mean you have to shout at the kids and be so strict and stern. Like... I don't know. At least in the school we went to, that doesn't work. I don't know if it worked at the school you went to afterwards, the more the more strict one.
1: mm I I think it it does work to the extent that if it works on the students which have been there most of their lives, because it's no fault of their own, like no right or wrong. That's just what you're used to, and you get used yeah. to certain ways, and so if a teacher tells you to do something, you do it, right? Like, we're all ingrained. Like, if an of- if a police officer came up to you and said, oh, mate, can I see your ID? Even though they, not like, they're not really allowed to just ask you like that. You don't have to show them. Most people probably would, right? Because it's just, oh, he's a figure of authority. Yeah. And some people are taught that, hey, these figures of authority don't matter. Like, to this extent, like, for us about teachers, not that, they don't matter, but that they shouldn't hold, like, so much power over the kids. But some people are taught that, oh, you shouldn't care about police officers, etc., etc.
0: Yeah, well, I think with the teacher, it's less, like, that they shouldn't be authoritative, because at the end of the day, they're paid to teach you things, but it's more, like, these traditional technicalities, like, you have to call me sir, and anything else is wrong, or you have to you know, treat you super like kids. Like, if you want to go to the bathroom, you have to um, ask in this way and that way. And, like, they make it really... Like, they're really disrespectful towards you in that sense. That's when it's difficult. But teachers in general, I think, deserve have a lot of respect.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely for the amount that they're paid. It's yeah. just absolute madness. Like, my... Especially for... Well, basically any like government workers, because the past, I guess, two months I've had my only visits to the NHS in the three years that I've been in the UK, and every time I've been amazed. Like I'm in there, and I'm. I think it's crazy. I just show no details, and they're just like, "All right, yeah, here you go." And the nurse is nice to me. The people are there. The desks are nice to me, and I see people sitting in there. Obviously, they're in hospital, so they're not happy. But they're so upset with the waiting times. They're so upset about. Oh my god this person did this thing like slightly wrong and it's like hold up these people are getting paid like 30k a year to do night shifts to look after you like why so, oh, like, That's are so, so
0: lucky that's that's pretty high for a
1: nurse Yeah like I feel like we're so entitled just having being used to the NHS and because I'm not used to it I find it crazy like especially coming yeah. from Spain where I know how it is over there I'm just like kind of amazed to be honest
0: yeah, but that's what I mean, like, for me, then that is such an, going back to the question, like, that is someone not respecting that person's time because they, they're sitting there and obviously when you're ill, especially if you're super ill, you're you are thinking selfishly because you're, like, hurting or whatever, but at the same time, they're not respecting the nurses or the doctors that they have their own lives and they have their own things that they're doing and they have their own sicknesses and, you know and they're like this this or or not even respecting the people around them like i'm not my arm isn't falling off therefore i can wait 20 minutes while the person whose arm is falling off can get treated you know
1: yeah exactly
0: then for me i'm like then you're kind of a gross human because especially if you think like that 24 7 about everything because then you're just going around with like my the world revolves around me and this like everything everyone everything bad that happens is someone in the world out to get me you know like Uh we've all met those kind of people and i don't think most people aren't that extreme but to me the person who can sit in the waiting room well like what you did you you were pretty hurting you had a you had stuff which you would have ideally gotten treated that second as you walked in, but at the same time, you're like, this is free, I'm not dying, I can wait, and people were nice to you, right? Yeah,
1: exactly, like, I-, I treated them with a bit of respect, just without knowing them, and the care I got was, I wouldn't know the care I got if I treated them badly, but I would assume that if you're a nurse or a doctor and someone treats you badly... No one's gonna know if you don't do your best work on them. Um, yeah. Because who's gonna who's gonna say anything, right? So, I I kind of also think about it like that. Like, how much power does this person hold over me right now? And that doesn't completely determine how much respect I give them because I think that's quite like toxic, but it it influences it definitely. You know?
0: Yeah, and that is also a reason for respect, like, cause, well that is I think the more traditional version of respect, I respect you because you're better at this than I am, whatever this may be.
1: Yeah, 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 or well, I can't do this without your help. So yeah. you're forced to respect that, almost yeah. in a good way. I was just about to ask, because I feel like we're quite pretty convinced ourselves on the uh, what we think is the most important. Shall we think about the other question that that came from this? Is that would you want to live in a society where you can see like actual attributes of people, which aren't uh, like things like their happiness and their wealth and their status in society and stuff like that? You can mm. you can physically see it. Maybe like Wait, on so... an app or something. Like everyone is logged on a database, and all these metrics are somehow. Uh, they go up and down somehow, like stock prices and stuff, depending on what you do, and it's all attached to, like, little uh, electrons or whatever in your body, which measure all this stuff.
0: Kind of like if you were Google or Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I could go and I could search up Ellie Cooper on my phone and be like, she's at an 82% happiness rating right now.
0: Um, well, but, okay, I think the main question I have to ask before I can answer that question is, Am I the only person that can see that or can everyone see everyone's?
1: No, this is like the 31st century in a thousand years where we're just like automated like little minions doing who knows what, you know. And so, so everyone every- is
0: googleable like Yeah, everything is me. everything
1: is streamlined like all data is available to everyone, like everything is decentralized. You have Whoa. access to everything and there's like overriding, geez, I'm really going in deep with this, but there's like overriding overriding laws, which if you do, it it's like instantly punishable because everything is, it's like China, like everything is on CCTV. There's like a million yeah, CCTV, yeah. CCTV, CCTV, CCTV cameras on China. And people, if they get the death sentence, I'm pretty sure they die like within five years compared to traditional wow. death sentences, which are so prolonged.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty wild. Actually, on a side note, we watched a movie the other day. I forget the name of it now. But it was the. There was like a police force in America in this movie where they arrested people preemptively because they could see into the future. Have oh, you watched wow. It? What's it called? Oh, I can't remember. I'll try and think about it as we talk <laughs> I'm pretty about.
1: sure they do that in America anyway, so. <laughs>
0: But it was it was along those lines. Like everything is recorded, and so you can you can know when someone's about to murder someone, and then you lock them up before they even do it. But then obviously there's so many ethics around that, and what if it's wrong and all. Um,
1: yeah, that sounds so scuffed.
0: Yeah, but oh, like no, I don't think it would be good to be able to see all of that information on someone, like. I don't know. I think majority of people are good and nice and wouldn't do anything malicious with that information. But you never know. I think it makes people so much more vulnerable if that was available to everyone.
1: Yeah, I and I think it. Well, I think if you had the technology to do that, or if governments had technology to do that, then life would be so life would be so different. Like life wouldn't be how it is right now because. When you walk down the high street, you you feel safe, I guess, if you have uh, confidence. But even though people know that they can get punished for their actions, people can still do what they want, right? And only afterwards, their actions will affect them. So if someone wanted to hurt you, they still can, but they're just going to yeah, yeah. probably have actions. So it's, it, it's quite that, crazy.
0: I always, that just reminds me, I always thought, and I don't know if you're one of these people too, but when you go to cross the road and the light's green for you, like the green man comes on, and then yeah. I'll still double check. And then so many times I've done that, and then the person I'm walking with is like, why'd you check? It's on green. Like, they have yeah. to stop. And I'm like, yeah, but... And then they're like, oh, if they knock you down, then they lose two points or whatever. I'm like, great, but I'm still going to be in the hospital when I learn that yeah. news, you know?
1: Exactly. I always check as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: think... I think. Uh, Lauren has a chronic case of doing that. She thinks she sees green light and she's going. If a car if a car is going to hit her, doesn't matter. She's crossing that road. There's no way.
0: And yeah, I'm like Some people think about it differently.
1: Yeah, I'm like shouting after her saying, "Yo, chill out." Like one second save time is not going to I don't want to die for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And oh, well. yeah, the fact that someone would get potentially prosecuted for running a red light doesn't i don't really care you know
1: yeah because yeah it's exactly. already
0: done and i'm still hurt
1: yeah yeah
0: i don't
1: know do you think that for for like-minded people or not like-minded people but people which you deem successful or whatever in life all have similar attributes or do you think that it's just circumstantial Dang, that's a
0: deep one Um, I think there are some attributes that are like more objectively better than others in my opinion. Um, like one of them being curiosity, you know, if you're not curious then you... But then uh, at the same time, you know, I, I don't know if you feel this way too, but because we've moved around a lot and that we've had lots of different, like, experiences in different countries, then it's almost, especially now when I'm traveling, like, almost every month we're changing city. I'm, like, halfway through the month and I'm like, oh, I've got to go to the next one, got to get to the next one. And I have this curiosity of, like, well, oh, I wonder what it's like to live in America. I wonder what it's like to live in America, you know. And then I always look at the people who live in one town and they grew up in that town and blah, blah. And they're not, they don't care. They're like very happy to be in that town and I'm envious of them. And so I think, yeah, there's, there's so many different attributes. Like I would say curiosity, but then actually having a lack of curiosity might be really good to live a happy life, you know, because you're, you're not curious to find out more. You're content with what you have.
1: Yeah. You're satisfied more easily. It's funny because I'm, Obviously, I'm I'm still curious of things, but I've had a similar upbringing to you just a bit a couple of years behind. And because I think I've seen a lot for my age in terms of like different countries and different people and just experiences that I'm I'm less curious than a lot of my friends which haven't had those opportunities just because I feel like, hey, I kind of know myself because I've done a lot of done a lot of things. But like just as a child, when your parents take you stuff to, to take you places, that I'm I'm satisfied with with what I'm doing. But I do think that's also just a part of my personality.
0: Yeah, but I think that's just comparing like my curiosity for different countries versus your curiosity, which yeah is definitely different. As you like staying home way more than I do, but then you still have your curiosity and like you were just getting super into stoicism you know, you're curious about Uh psychology, you're curious about how relationships work, you're curious about how to be a faster cyclist, you know, there's still ways that you're being curious, just not in the same ways that I'm being curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I could see myself like one day super traveling so much, so much. I want to go to countries which I haven't seen before, but I have a couple friends who are about to uh, One of my friends close in Leicester, he's about to go to Vietnam and have like two months there. Right now, Mm -hmm. for me, even if someone offered me that, I'd probably say, you know, probably not. Like, what am I going to do there? Yeah,
0: well, you can't cycle there. (laughs) You you can't bring your bike there,
1: so you'd be like stuck. Well, having said that, I don't even feel like a cyclist lately. I have one and a half weeks or more than one and a half weeks because I just got my stitch out today. I've barely ridden. Just worked. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's for the best,
1: though. Yeah, hopefully. But they said that I might not heal my cut until June, end of June.
0: Uh, yeah. But you can still ride once it gets a bit better, right? Yeah, be I should careful. be able
1: to. Yeah, just trying not to crash again and not yeah. get it completely soaked, which is a hard in the tropical climate we have here in England right now. <sighs>
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i mean back to your question like do you think that do you think that um there's one attribute that all successful people have like actually the more i think about it no i don't think there is i think um, like different people can be successful in a different ways and i think it's something that i used to think before like we grew up with a lot of people who were successful in the corporate world and so i was like that's what success is but then actually the more i get older and the more i go to different places that live different lifestyles like they have a farm or something i'm like actually no there's lots of different ways that you can be successful oh yeah it just depends on if you're you're happy with your life which can be can be a completely 360 life or, or even on the flip side like someone could be super su- su- successful in the traditional sense like have a really good job but actually they're not successful in their life right and so then it's so hard to say this do successful people have the same attribute because what is success
1: yeah that's very true maybe I should have said do happy people but happy people are happy with all different things
0: yeah I think it's the same like Someone can be really happy running a farm for the rest of their life and then the other person can be really happy changing city every week. It's just personality. I guess it's understanding what, understanding yourself and knowing what makes you happy. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's like every successful person in any sense of the word is someone who's looked at themselves and has like done some work inwardly to understand what it is that actually makes them happy and makes them feel successful.
1: Yeah. I think 90, like 99% of people are, I, I, I don't, I just want to say like aware enough of themselves that they 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 think within themselves and they think about these things, which is why they have their like trials and tribulations and such. But I do think there's 1% of people which, are not aware of it at all and they probably live the happiest lives out of everyone because they they don't think about other things they're just just chilling like maybe people with it who don't have internal dialogue are just straight relaxing all year round because
0: Yo, the- those people are wild i've watched some youtube videos on that that is like i can't comprehend it
1: no way. I, I cannot comprehend it at all because I always used to think that, oh, I'm thinking so much in my head, but then everyone says that. Every, like I feel like I'm just the same as everyone, that everyone has these thoughts in their head all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think some people think more than others. And then also some people think different kinds of things than others. Right. Like, I don't know, some people think a lot about their job whereas other people think a lot about how they're dressed and you know but it's all still internal dialogue about yourself and how you're presenting yourself in the world yeah join us for another episode of dare we say next friday where we talk about are we obligated to help others